three, two, one. And welcome to yet another edition of Going for Two, presented by Home Field Apparel. I am Matt Brown, the publisher of the Extra Points newsletter. I'm joined here as we wrap up the end of the NCAA convention by Brian Fisher. Uh, it's been we are, just about everything important is finished. The voting is done. Most of the subcommittees are done. Some folks are already starting to drive back here. How you feeling, dude? I'm tired. Uh, you know, you mentioned it, not, it uh, being over. It really has not. It really is not technically over. We still got, got some extra it, it things has, happening. It technically but, goes you know, to Saturday, but it's yeah. Uh, it feels over, you know, in terms of the, the finality of the things and that everybody's coming here to vote on and actually do. And, and uh, I'm I'm tired. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to change out of the suit that I've been wearing for three days and well, had three different suits for for the record. <laughs> uh, but sure. I'm ready to change out of it into some home field uh, because I need I need something comfy after. Uh, dude, you know what? You know what? You know what? Let's talk about home field right now. I am in exactly the same boat. In a different part of my life, I wore a suit every day. And in the last decade, I have I have not. This is the most I've been wearing a suit for, yes. for really since I was like knocking on doors and stuff. And that's not my style. It's not the most comfortable thing in the world. Home field apparel is the most comfortable thing in the world. They are another, uh, they are a title sponsor. They are an Indianapolis institution right up there with uh, auto racing and gigantic pork sandwiches and a shrimp cocktail that apparently like burns your nose. Um, home field's more comfortable than all of those things. They make vintage uh, collegiate licensed apparel. They make the most comfortable t-shirts. They make the most comfortable sweatpants. They make the most comfortable hoodies, stickers, which I I haven't really tried to stick one of them on my body, but I'm sure it would feel better than... Uh, other stickers probably would. Um, what's great about them is it's the—they're not just the regular old logo that you get everywhere. It's all the fun vintage weirdo logos, the ones that that maybe the school hasn't really dug out of the archives there for a while. And chances are, they have your favorite school, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we were just uh, discussing that with Connor in, in particular about some of the schools coming as part of this new line that uh, you definitely need to uh, keep an eye out because uh, some of the designs were uh, not only fantastic, but uh, we're—I'm really excited to, um, I guess, waste some of the some more money. Of, <laughs> mine to uh, to spend it. The, the real reason we actually chased these guys down as uh, a title sponsor um, was mostly because we were just going to end up reinvesting the money that they pay us to go buy more stuff. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, like I love all of our sponsors, but if Open Doors came here and gave me money, would I immediately take that money and funnel it back into an NIL deal and pay Open Doors with it? Maybe, but probably not, but I am going to go buy another hoodie. Um, I, I have a, an old vintage uh, West Virginia hoodie, a university that I did not attend. Uh, that I've been wearing around here when I'm not actually in my 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 suit, uh, when I'm not doing on camera stuff here for Athletic Director U, would recommend. Well, I'm just disappointed. I think that was one of the bigger disappointments for for me personally. I guess just in in at the NCAA convention was was the lack of logos. You know, it, it definitely made uh, people a little bit difficult to identify. And you're like, is that so and so? And you're kind of so it's so frustrating. Like, where are the branded mask, folks? Where are the po- usually everybody's wearing their, their athletic polos? But but yeah. now now they can wear their home field stuff around. You know, I think I think it's totally business casual for for around here. This so is I think- this is what I'm saying. So one, Connor, if you're listening to this, um, I'm sorry about the ad. Read to pivot to licensed vintage blazers or masks for the next convention. For the rest of you, you need to buy t-shirts, you need to buy stickers, you need to buy sweatpants um, because they're very good products and also because we need a sponsor. We don't want to get dropped. So you can use promo code extra points, all one word, save 15% off of your extremely comfortable, extremely fashionable uh, collegiate apparel. Um, 
it's a lot easier for me to talk about that there for another 20 minutes, but um, it's a little bit bold to, to leave off the show that way. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm exhausted. But at, at least today, I think we have a little bit more actual hard news. And we also, I think because we, you and I, we've talked to so many ADs and so many administrators. I think we have a little bit of a better idea about what's happening next. So if this was the first one of these that you've listened to, Brian, real quick, since I think you were actually in the ballroom a little bit longer than I was. What the hell actually, actually happened today? Uh, well, the NCA has a new constitution. I think that's uh, this is, uh, you know, I don't think everybody remembers those classes back in, in history, you know, whether it be elementary or middle school in terms of, you know, learning about the, the constitution of the, the United States or maybe you're from another country and, and, and learning about uh, kind of that whole process. And it's somewhat similar, I guess, from, from here. You know, you have a lot of delegates here that uh, yeah. ended up voting on this. And um, you know, I think the, the important thing to keep in mind is that as much as you might see out there that, um, you know, there was 80 percent of the support, 800 votes in, in support of this, this constitution. There's still a lot of work to be done uh, after this, number one. And number two, uh, even the getting to this process was contentious and is still going to be contentious over the next couple of months. OK, so I want to talk about the contentiousness part here for just for a second, because, uh, you know, I, I think the final vote tallies played out in the way that you and I had predicted on the show It lined up with what he, we had other reporters had told us, what other uh, administrators had told us. But. Um, there were some impassioned pleas to shoot this thing down, mostly from Division Three uh, administrators, not not exclusively. I was not expecting to hear multiple people uh, channel Dr. Martin Luther King uh, as part of the justification for um, shooting down an athletic administrative constitution. And you had people that I think were taking something straight out of the 1929 Carnegie Report playbook and some people that were going to make Robert Rules of Order like the next great uh, existential crisis of our time. I, I don't think I was quite prepared for how people were going to push back on this thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you come to these things and and there is some of that always, you know, whether it's even minute things, you know, somebody from D2 or D3 will, will speak up about it. And, um, you know, it just is part of the process, you know, really the, the smaller schools getting their say. And they certainly said it at times. And um, they, they were a vocal minority, I, I would definitely say. I mean, there was uh, certainly a lot of issues that I think everybody had with just the general process and how, how quickly they've moved along yeah. relative to how things happen within NCAA land. But, um, you know, Ultimately, we, we have there's a new constitution taking effect in, in August, and now the frankly now the real work begins. This is where you're yes. really going to have some some divisions, some arguments. I think everybody understands that, and really this was kind of setting the stage for that. Yeah, yeah, that that is definitely true, and we're going to be writing about this a lot. Um, so hard to spoil this here on extra points on the ticker on Collegiate Sports Connect over the coming months as exactly what this process looks like at all three levels becomes a little bit more clear. I had a chance to talk to a few more Division II administrators. That's 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 where our hotel has been uh, over the past couple of days leading up to this. I, I think, you know, their predictions about what's moving forward are similar to what, you know, I had reported earlier. There's, there's, there's some questions about membership, but they're not, I think, as fraught with existential danger as maybe some of the Division I concerns are. There's going to be some, some, some concerns about uh, or, or discussion about playing up or down a level, about making reclassification easier or more difficult or more or less expensive. Uh, my prediction here, I think that if a, a school decides to reclassify to Division Two in the foreseeable, like say in like 2025, whether you're from one going down or from three moving up, I 
feel reasonably confident that they're going to the D two membership will vote to make it easier to compete right away, rather than having to wait two, three, four years to be a part of championships. It's you're you're already part of Division One, part of excuse me, part of the NCAA. Um, let's make this process, if you want to to find the, the right size fit for you, less contentious and less uh, less less uh, logistically challenging. Because if you're you know if you're a school that's competing for championships right now, you don't want to waste four years uh, locked out of the postseason, even if it might make sense for you to do that reclassification. Um, the questions at the Division One level uh, seem to be much more substantial at this point, right? Well, I mean, there's a lot more issues, obviously a lot more money at stake, which I think is, is kind of it's the biggest all, it all It all comes down, really, this all does come down to money. I mean, uh, most of it does. Very, very easy to distill it down to uh, to that one viewpoint. And yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, that is going to be something that is going to get argued about. We already saw uh, a little bit of hand wringing over just the revenue splits. I know a lot of folks at the D two, D three level, especially D three, uh, wanted you know those splits uh, adjusted, you know, from where they are. And, and frankly, they really haven't moved or adjusted much since say nineteen ninety six. Really, yeah. The, the percentage has remained the same. Only the total value of the deals has changed right. a little bit. Yeah, so it's, so it's inflation. Basically, it is basically tied, you know, kind of tied to inflation and and. And, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing to me, I, I guess, just talking with some, some folks on the, the D1 Transformation Committee, um, you know, really is just kind of how broad their mandate is in terms of doing everything. And even they don't really kind of know in terms of the nitty gritty when they're actually sitting down in those meetings, um, you know, how they're going to do it. You know, are we yeah. going to go page by page of the NCAA manual? Maybe in some sections, but in terms of those broader you know discussions like enforcement, what do we really want to do as a division? What do we really want to do as the NCA? Um, and, and what ultimately, what do we want as schools. You know, those are the topics that are going to get discussed um, quite a bit over the coming days and and months as these ADs go back to their campuses, they discuss things with their presidents. Um, You know, the the conference offices are are having discussions. We'll have um, a lot of spring meetings around the country with with a lot of these conferences to discuss these issues about uh, ultimately, what is our position? How how do we want to fight for it? And and I think for the folks uh, specifically on that that D1 Transformation Committee, and there's D2, D3 versions as well. um, You know, what is what does the future look like? And uh, that that's all got to get hammered out. And um, I think that uh, talking with Greg, Greg Sankey in, in particular, who's, who's the co-chair of, of the D1, you know, he, he kind of uh, joked a little bit about, you know, like the, the enormity of this task really hitting them. You know, and to the point where they were like, "Is is transformational even even the right word?" You know, I think that was something that's come up uh, a few times. Is um, you know, how big is that? That how broad are we really going to get in terms of the granular details? Uh, how much are we going to just step away and, and say this this doesn't need to be part of the NCA manual? Um, those are all things that are going to get decided over the next six months, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how the process evolves as membership gets even more active in terms of having their say. Yes, um, I, I think if I'm to not get too deep into the weeds here, if, if for, for someone who's listening, I was trying to say, like, what, what, what should be my main takeaway? This, Brian, if you feel differently, please interrupt me. But I, I think there's a, a couple of things I want to make sure everyone knows. Like one, what happened today does not necessarily mean there's a P5 split. It doesn't necessarily mean like anything explicit for conference realignment or membership realignment tomorrow. Uh, I would be, uh, I would err on the side of being conservative about reading too much into any of that stuff right now. All this, this I, I, I mean, far be it for me to, to, to quote admirably of something that, um, Mark Emmert says, but the, the idea of this being a declaration of independence more than a formal constitution and like giving you permission to write something different, I really do think that that's, that's more accurate. So um, I err on the side of not going too far off here based on just what's happened this particular week. Um, oh, 
Well, I, I would just say that, you know, the yeah. foundation has been laid, right? You yeah, know, we're, we're literally laying the foundation of, of, of a house and uh, we, we might not know uh, whose room is where and, and ultimately how many stories we want on this house and, uh, you know, various details that, that go into, you know, building a house. But uh, I think it's, it's an apt metaphor because uh, we are literally at the ground floor. This was kind of the first step. Yep. We have a constitution now. Uh, now it kind of comes down to the individual divisions ultimately deciding how are they going to look? What, what's their makeup? Uh, what, are, what are their rules? Because all that literally has been like cut, you know, the... Uh, uh, control F or control, control A, a. Control Z. Like it's yes. it's highlighted and cut, right? Uh, so as, as somebody mentioned, a, a bonfire for, for some of the uh, things that they're just throwing the pages in, uh, throwing the pages in the bonfires yeah. of <laughs> things they might need a scalpel to yeah. uh, to cut out. But you know, it, it it is big changes ahead. And I mean, this was only the fourth association wide vote that I saw um, that has happened since 1996. So these type of things do not end up happening. So that is momentous that, that in, in and one of respect is is historical. Yeah, but at the same time, this is literally the very kind of it's not the beginning of the process, but it's kind of the first big step. Uh, of the process and, and really the things that fans might get excited about, administrators might want to argue about, uh, conference commissioners might have to respond to, uh, that sort of stuff is, is all coming later. And truthfully, the, the, the fight is, is kind of just beginning. And you yeah. saw kind of the seeds of that uh, in, in those big rooms uh, here at the, the Indianapolis Convention Center. I, I think I'm going to write about this a little bit more, but there's a gajillion medium and small issues that are going to be debated. But I, I think if, if, if you're trying to, it's like, Matt, give me the normie, like sum up here. There's three big things that are, are not resolved yet. And every person I've talked to has a slightly different prediction or, or, or thought process about what this might look like. But I, I think that there are three larger things that have to be figured out. One is what are we going to do about enforcement? Are we going to create our own division one version of the NCAA enforcement committee? Are we going to outsource this to a law firm or some other investigative body? Are we going to you know, make a college division one college athletics, a libertarian wonderland where there are no cops? Would we make Notre Dame the cops? Are there other kind of the, the, everything here is on the table other, other than a uniform feeling of dissatisfaction with the current process? Nobody likes how infractions and 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 enforcement and eligibility that that section gets handled right now all does lead to hurt feelings. I mean, the SEC Commissioner Greg Sinke has been studying this very issue. He served on the committee on yep. infractions. He's, he's been a part of a committee that even before this constitutional process took hold that was looking at enforcement. And um, you know, he kind of just said uh, essentially, you know, look, I I have my personal views on on enforcement, and and certainly he represents a conference in that regard as well in terms of just the dissatisfaction with the timing of things. Um, you yeah. know, maybe maybe it's I, I think this could be if if you are a fan out there um, and you are I guess hopeful of this change, you know, maybe this is an opportunity to where the NCAA kind of looks inward and says, looks at, looks at the enforcement process, not only tries to speed things up in terms of when you hear about some some rule breaking to when the school is actually getting punished. But, um, you know, honestly, something that was discussed uh, quite a bit by not just Greg Sengi, but but a few others uh, that was brought up to me was just uh, ha, why are we why are we punishing the kids with things like bull bans and other yeah. things? And, you know, can we make sure that the penalties not necessarily fit the crime, uh, so to speak, but but are punishing the right people at the appropriate time? And I think I think that is a big thing that ultimately can come out of this reimagining of NCAA enforcement. And uh, I think for the most part, you know, they're they're going to make sure that they do have the rules and, and they are in place. There are probably going to be a lot fewer of them, a lot, uh, lot less issues with uh, bagels, as we uh, found out uh, years ago. But I think, honestly, this is going to be a case where, um, yeah, there's there's less less rules, but they're going to be enforced maybe a little bit tired, a little bit quicker than, than we're used to. At least that's the idea. 
we have been down this road before. Yeah, I, have, I have seen committees on infractions. I have read subcommittee PDFs. Um, forgive me for thine unbelief, right? Like we'll, we'll, we'll see if this is one thing that's going to be talked about a lot. The other two big issues I think are similar, but, but still I think important to highlight how distinct that, 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 how they are distinct. One of those big issues is going to be how money is, is collected and distributed. And that's going to center around the men's basketball tournament. Um, the cornerstone of the way that the men's basketball tournament works for, for money right now is this concept of every conference getting an automatic bid and everybody that gets into the tournament or gets a, a check gets, gets, gets some of that money. If you win games, you get these tournament units uh, and you get more money. And that was was being uh, evaluated and considered independent of this constitution of should we get rid of the tournament units? Should we add them for women's basketball? Is it equitable to only be paying for men's basketball? That 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 uh, shapes decisions made at the campus level. But with this new constitution, there's no guarantee that that system continues. And so I have heard administrators float the idea of uh, potentially significantly expanding both the men's and women's basketball tournaments, um, in part as an effort to give the Power Five or Power Six conferences for basketball more AQs, I mean, more, more at-large bids. Uh, maybe you do away with the at-large, uh, the automatic qualifying system completely, or you force more play-in games. You know, I had, I, I think the, the one idea was like, we could see a world where Winning the Colonial only gives you a chance to play a play-in game against the MIAC rather than guaranteeing you a 13th seed in the tournament. Fans might complain about that, um, but it's you know still going to be on TV. So th- th- that that is, that is an issue. And if that pipeline gets shut down, what does that do for the finances for a lot of other institutions in Division One? Um, I would say broadly that 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 championship access and that that money go extends to every other sport. Uh, as well, even even if the money isn't isn't there as much, it's going to be they, the power five institutions generally want more autonomy. And when they say autonomy and control, what they mean is more money and more championship access. And then how does that get reconciled with the current system and other institutions that make these tournaments compelling commercial enterprises, but don't provide the same number of eyeballs? The last thing, and this is also similar to Division Two, and tied into these things, is membership. And what, how the challenging thing about Division One, even if you just limit this to FBS, is how so how different all of these schools are. You have schools with 140 million dollar budgets. You have schools with 14 million dollar budgets. You have some that have more analysts and support staff and creative personnel than other schools have. Athletic department staffers complete that period. You have schools that win conference titles and are competitive where coaches are driving vans. Um, and they're all playing for that. They're pretending to be part of the same rules, the same legislative structure. And so now there's a question of where do we draw this line now? Because the line that we're using right now, which is mostly attendance based, nobody's enforcing. Do we make a new rule that's where it's about you have to sponsor this number of sports? Is it based on revenue or about uh, spending that you want to do? I, I really push back on the very popular talk radio and message board trope, but this is going to be a straight P5, G5 split. And part of that, I think, is just straight finances where you know how much it sucks to be the last place coach in the SEC West who's making seven and a half million dollars. Imagine what that would look like if now the last place guy went two and ten because there's no more Air Force and there's no more App State and there's no other schools to, to play. And suddenly you're only playing in this Champion League thing. If you play at the Super League, then suddenly Arsenal, somebody has to finish in last place, which you're not used to. And there's enormous financial pressures to avoid that. 
But even if it's P5 and special musical guest friends, it's P5 and 40 other institutions. I, I don't know. But I don't think pretending that LSU and Louisiana Monroe are doing the same anything is working for anybody anymore. It's really not. And you, you mentioned the Super League. I feel like that is the most apt you know, descriptor yeah. and, and, and easy to understand uh, idea for concept for, for a lot of folks out there just because the, the similarities are, are <laughs> readily apparent. I think obviously yeah, you change some names, you, you change some faces and, um, and change uh, where you're at across the pond. I, it, it's pretty pretty similar in terms of the structural issues that uh, is going on in English soccer and, and the, the threat to the pyramid uh, that, that clubs are finding themselves at certainly with the, the premier league and in the wake of the super league. And um, honestly, it, it's similar conversations now that, that you're hearing in terms of that revenue distribution and where things fall in the pegging order. And um, as much as everybody wants to say they are, uh, you know, on that level playing field or they all, all are, and, you know, among the 300 plus division one schools, um, you know, there, there's definitely tiers. And I, I think those tiers are going to get a little bit clarified, a little bit stratified. Um, and, and I think that the worry is uh, certainly, if you're one of those schools that finds yourself uh, in a place where you don't want to be, um, you know, what can be done about that? Number one and number two, yeah. can you stop this process before it even begins? Uh, and so it's 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 a lot on the plate. I know there's a lot of worries, but um, you got to keep in mind, this is this is such a diverse uh, you know group. And, and a lot of administrators um, you know come from smaller schools, from smaller conferences. And so they, they do have that understanding of, of where those leagues are. But uh, they also got to do their own job uh, for the current league and for the current school and, and, and do what's best for them. Yeah, we don't know how it's going to end yet. Um, I, I think my only advice would be, hey, if you're a fan of a school that might be a little bit south of the line, don't have a panic attack yet. And 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 don't like let your message board people or your Twitter people, uh, I, I think, push a narrative where the, the facts right now really don't um, warrant that. If you're an administrator of one of those schools, well, I mean, you, you're paid a lot. That's what the money is for to, 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 to worry about, about, about some of those worries. We're going to uh, continue to ask these questions and do our best as a team to get the most information possible about what the next couple of months are going to look like. Those are just three of the very high level things. There's, there's questions about Olympic sport funding, name, image, and likeness, uh, new revenue generation, um, other compliance, to, like a gajillion other things. The federal court could come in and blow some of this stuff up right now. But you know what? We haven't had nearly enough Red Bull. It's been three days of this and and we're wearing pants that we don't like. And there, there's too much to, to, to completely wrap our heads around right now. I feel like those are the three major talking points as we kind of shift away from this. Did I miss anything huge? You think, you think that that's mostly fair? Yeah, I think the, those are kind of the three big buckets that uh, a lot of folks are looking at. And look, there are some minor details that I'm sure some folks are going to get upset about that uh, you, you don't see coming. But, uh, you know, just the diversity of opinion. Again, there's there's folks that, that are part of the Power Five and, and truly want to just break away, let like be done with the folks here in Indianapolis. There are some others that uh, at the, even at the D2 and D3 level that said, you know, go ahead. We, you know, we, our version of I, athletics I, as part of our university is way different from yours. So go ahead and, and we'll see you later. There's some at the D1 level yeah. that, that want that. I mean, this was something that came up during the NIL conversations, I think. So final thought. Hey, if you're listening to this, first of all, thank you. You're helping support our home field habit. Uh, and, and two, 
my email is matt at extrapointsmb.com. If you're at one of these places and want to want to talk through things, whether that's on the record or not, um, because there's like a gajillion institutions with a different view, a gajillion different viewpoints, we like to hear uh, from everybody. We appreciate you sticking through us here through a, a, a less traditional publishing week for us. We're, we're trying a couple of different things here, whether that's making stupid quizzes, whether that's doing podcasts, whether it's doing video, whether it's just throwing a microphone in as many people's faces as we possibly can. We're only able to do it because of you. So we appreciate all of this. We'll be back in touch uh, next week with a more traditional schedule. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch up with you soon.